Hello, and welcome back to the Pennsylvania Chamber's All Business Podcast, featuring the passion, vision, and unique talents of Pennsylvania's entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives. Special thanks to today's sponsor, APPI Energy, a Pennsylvania Chamber preferred provider delivering data-driven procurement and consulting solutions that help businesses reduce and manage electricity and natural gas supply costs. And now, here's Lori Rennie. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Chamber's All Business Podcast. Today we are in the beautiful Lehigh Valley and we're excited to sit down with member company Keystone Canna Remedies. Keystone Canna Remedies is a Pennsylvania's premier medicinal marijuana dispensary where they are passionate about improving the quality of life for each of their patients. We welcome Victor Guadagnino Jr., Chief Business Development Officer for Keystone Canna Remedies. Welcome Victor, and thanks so much for having me here today. I'm happy to be here as well. Awesome. Well, let's get right down to business here and address the elephant in the room so we say um but medicinal marijuana is still pretty new to pennsylvania and not everyone is thrilled about it carries a couple misnomers and concerns about what it's used for its effects how it's used all that good stuff give our listeners the top three myths and then the facts about the use of medicinal marijuana and how it's dispensed sure. so i think the myth around medical marijuana is Really, what is it? Mm-hmm. How do you use it as a medicine? And what components in the plant are actually the active ingredients in helping the body regulate inflammation and pain relief, right? Gotcha. So I'd like to take you through just what's in the plant, how it's interacting with the body, and how we instruct people how to use it as a medicine. Cool. Okay, so when you're looking at the marijuana plant, right on the leaf is resin. The resin has little crystals in it called trichromes, and in that trichrome is where the medicinal components live. In there are cannabinoids, which are THC and CBD. THC is the molecule that gets all of the publicity. It's the molecule that gets you high. It's responsible for psychoactivity. Another popular cannabinoid that has very good medicinal benefit is CBD. It's cannabidiol, has been very popular in recent years. It's known to help mood alteration, uh, nervous, uh, nerve damage or neuropathy damage, uh-huh. as well as other uh, pain relieving qualities. So that's cannabinoids and there's also a whole host of other cannabinoids, up to 12, but really the ones that we're concerned with today and in general in the medical marijuana market are THC, CBD, possibly CBN, uh, THCV, and CBG. There are other ones and these are molecules in the cannabinoid or cannabis plant called cannabinoids that have medicinal benefit to the human system. Gotcha. Okay. Similar to like an opioid. Similar to like using Oxycontin to treat pain. It's similar. Similar similar in the regard where opiates actually change your perception of pain to help treat it. But there are multiple modalities and functionalities of how marijuana is interacting with your system to help control pain as well as other symptoms. So there, not only is it changing your perception of pain, but it's also acting as an anti-inflammatory, which is going to help relieve the pain as well. Gotcha. Where it's not just masking the pain, it's actually getting to the root of the pain. Correct. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, you guys were the first dispensary in Pennsylvania. You opened up in January this year. Tell us about the first six months and what your operation has seen and what it's been like. Yeah. 
So we were fortunate enough to open first. What we did to launch the program in January before product was available. Product was not available to February. We actually opened for educational classes only. And that's a big focus of ours, is what we want to do is educate patients and the community about how to use medical marijuana or cannabis as a medicine. Uh, and for us, we want to give patients the tools to be able to safely explore this because patient feedback is very important. We're titrating or we're trying to titrate to a point of alleviation of symptom without psychoactivity. Gotcha. So that's the goal. And how we do that is a layered microdose approach where we start at a low starting point, we escalate up by small increments, and we hold when we have alleviation of symptom or psychoactivity. We're gonna hold there and your body can acclimate to psychoactivity sometimes, or we wanna stop right before you're feeling uh, less functional. So gotcha. it's a balance between functionality and alleviation of symptom. And you, you do a ton of education with the patient and you really do a lot of, you know, your dad was just in here, I was so happy to get to meet him, <laughs> but you really follow your patients and make Correct. sure that they're getting that proper dose, that you're hitting the goal without over-medication. Right. We actually designed our facility with that exact goal in mind. We have a three-part facility. We have an open access area, a patient access area, and a restricted access area. The open access area was designed with educational classes and community outreach in mind. So people can come here just with even without a card to get help registering or just inquire about the program or just talk to one of our staff if they have questions. So that's the open access area. Patient access area, you would have to get a medical marijuana ID card to be able to access there. That's our dispensing floor. It's where the products are held and the dispensing counter is. We also have closed consult rooms there. We are one of the only dispensaries that do initial consults for our patients. So a typical patient experience would be register with the state, find a physician who is also registered the state to recommend medical marijuana, set up an appointment with that physician. That physician is going to go through a certification process with you. In his if in his medical opinion you are a candidate for medical marijuana, he's going to recommend it to the Department of Health. The Department of Health will approve that and issue a medical marijuana ID card. Once you have that card, you can visit any dispensary in the state. If you visit us here at KCR or Keystone County Remedies, we're going to require you to just fill out a patient intake form and, and go through an initial consult. The reason why we require it is really it's just helping us get to know you right. and your goals with cannabis therapy. So how are you using cannabis as a medicine? Have you been using it? What's been working for you? What hasn't been working for you? What is a certifying condition that you're qualified for? What are some other symptoms that you'd like to treat? If you do use it now, take me through your day, How do, what's working and what's not. If you don't use it, that's fine. We're going to give you the tools to use it effectively. Wow, excellent. Now you, your aunt, and your father are the ones that founded this, this company. And in fact, your dad, uh, they call him Dr. G, um, <laughs> is what he's known by. But he was described as so much more than a doctor. He's really more of a patient advocate. Um, and he's an award-winning cardiologist. You know, what made your dad want to do this? What made him want to go into this business? So before we actually started the dispensary, we ran a healthcare practice in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Joan, my aunt, was the healthcare manager. Uh, my father was the primary physician as well as the cardiologist. And I, I have a master's in medical bioethics, so I was the education uh, department for our patients. So I would do a lot of geriatric counseling, diabetic counseling, uh, nutrition counseling, uh, just to make sure that patients were following their regimens and getting the most out of their healthcare. 
So that concept that we had at our practice, we found a unique opportunity with cannabis. Is what we're trying to do here is reinvigorate patients into their own healthcare. And how do you do that? You you want them involved in the process. You want them right. to take that back and it's very important in cannabis because what we're doing is we're giving you a starting point, an escalation structure, and a hold value. And what we need you to do is give us feedback through that whole journey to see what's working and what's not so that we can make adjustments with you. So we do that now, and that actually stemmed from our cardiology practice in Brooklyn, New York with our um, cardio, cardiovascular disease patients or our, uh, our patients recovering from a heart attack or our diabetic patients who cannot get it under control. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're like a family practice that really <laughs> treats your patients as family. Right. And we try to bring that here. So, and I, I think cannabis, if you can't get someone passionate and reinvigorated with their healthcare with cannabis, I don't know if it's going to happen. So, and it's a big step in the right direction for healthcare in general. Um, it, right. The, the goal is to get patients more active in their healthcare. It will increase care. And you know, it was a stringent vetting process with the state in order to be able to do this and get your company started, getting this practice underway. Explain all of that entail, because yeah. really when you walk in here, I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I got to see this operation. I'm greeted by somebody with a security, mm -hmm. very friendly atmosphere, but you're sure. well vetted. Tell us a little bit more about that. So it's important to know that we are a state regulated, Department of Health regulated organization. And to become that, we actually had to go through a merit-based application uh, process. Mm -hmm. And that process involves things like demonstrating a capacity to operate, your background, why you would be fit to have a medical marijuana dispensary, security protocols involving surveillance, personnel, mm -hmm. uh, alarm systems, um, access control. Uh, you'd have to show inventory flow, patient flow. Uh, you'd have advisory board, medical advisory board, business advisory board. So it's a very stringent, very strict process. And we were competing against some very big businesses and we're very proud of the fact that we're family owned and operated and we actually wrote our own application. Wow. And we beat some very big companies countrywide uh, to, to win a license here in Pennsylvania. It was very competitive. Uh, it's something we take a lot of pride in and we treat our patients like we treat our family. Well, you could tell. I mean, you could tell for the minute you walked in here. Okay. And in fact, you were even telling me when I got here how from the seed itself, how it's tracked right. to the end user. Talk a little right, bit about right. that. So statewide, right, you right. have 25 dispensary permit licenses and you have 12 grower processor permit licenses. We can only source medical marijuana from one of the growers in the state of Pennsylvania. So it's a self-enclosed program. Why that's important is because you need to track every single milligram of this medication because it's still federally legal. We, we adhere to very strict regulations through the Department of Health so that the federal government or the DEA will consider us in com state compliance. So it's a very stringent program, uh, even more so than most of what you would imagine even pharmacies like CVS and Walgreens are held to. Wow. Yeah. So seed to sale tracking software that you were mentioning uh, is... Uh, literally seed to sale. So you are barcoding the uh, the plant um, bed where the seed is grown in, and that barcode will actually follow it all the way to sale to patient. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, how do you, you know, you've come from the traditional medicine. Now mm -hmm. here you are working with medicinal marijuana, which, you know, I think is really having such a positive breakthrough here in the state. How do you see this changing the landscape of traditional patient care? Sure. Um, I think it's a great tool in a physician's toolbox to have. 
And where I think it fits perfectly is in chronic care management. Mm -hmm. So in chronic care management, it is mostly falls in the realm of palliative. And I was actually under the misinterpretation that palliative is end of life care. It's not that anymore. Palliative actually covers chronic care management. So we're not even talking about chronic pain, we're talking about chronic symptoms. So a condition that you're dealing with over time. I think cannabis is a great symptom reliever and in in many uh, circumstances, it's helping regulate homeostatic function. Homeostasis is where your body wants to be. It's its steady state. So how cannabis interacts with the body is that it's coming in to the endocannabinoid uh, system. We have an endocannabinoid system inside. So we would not have any effect unless we have receptors to have effect. So when you inhale or you consume cannabis, it's broken down into those cannabinoids. That's what we were talking about before, right? Those cannabinoids actually bind to CB1 and CB2 receptors in our endo in endocannabinoid system. So endo means in, cannabinoid cannabis system is actually throughout your entire body. So there's receptors and that's actually how it's regulating certain body systems. Gotcha. And it's up and down regulating it through either chemical or pressure or temperature uh, receptors. Wow. Yes. So I think that's also a big demystifier is it's not magic, right? It's not, there is actual interaction between this substance and your body. And there are several or not even several, uh, hundreds of different types of strains that could have strains or particular uh, combinations of cannabinoids and terpenes. And we could talk about terpenes in a little bit, but a strain is those crazy names that you hear of like sour diesel and Afghan Kush. Right, so these strains—the best way I could liken it for you—are like racehorse names. So racehorse names, yeah. <laughs> so racehorses are named on their parents, right? Right. So you had American Pharaoh. His parent was American, and Pharaoh is a is a poor example. But so the plants are actually named based on their lineage. Okay. And that's where those names come from. But what we're essentially describing is a particular blend of terpenes and cannabinoids. And what we're understanding now is terpenes exist in a lot of different plant-based materials. So terpenes are aromatic compounds, which are responsible for flavor and taste. But what what we're actually seeing now is terpenes modulate the effects of THC and CBD and the other cannabinoids to have different strain identity. And that's when you see users report different effects from different types of cannabis plants. Huh. So that's, that, and that's an important part to understand because it's, it adds to the versa, versatility of the plant. Gotcha. Not only in strain identity or subsets of chemical profile, but also in modalities of administration. So you can inhale, have a quick onset, and know how it's affecting you immediately and have a short duration, or you could orally consume it or an edible, which edibles are not allowed in Pennsylvania. Capsules and tinctures act like edibles. Okay. And as you consume it, you actually go through stomach and liver, which is first pass metabolism. It changes the molecule a little bit. It takes a little bit longer for it to come on, for you to the, the, um, the effect to come on, which is about an hour to two hours, and it will last longer in your system. And there's also a middle ground delivery method called an alcohol-based tincture, which you could absorb under the tongue. So you have multiple administration modalities for people to choose. You also have topical administration. So there are not many drugs like this. Right. Where you can use it in so many different ways and you can have a, a spectrum of effect. Yeah. And the spectrum can lead from either lethargic sedation if you have trouble sleeping or if you have trouble focusing or energizing yourself in the morning, they can actually have strains that help you do that. 
So, and there's a spectrum of all of it in between. So for a lot of our PTSD patients who have trouble sleeping or night terrors, they might be going for a dreamless sleep and there are strains that can help them do that. Or there might be people who have insomnia and can't sleep through the night and there would be a Cush strains or Cush variety of a family would be good for that. If someone is um, experiencing chronic fatigue from something stemming like Lyme disease or another neurodegenerative disorder, you can give them a more energizing type of strain to help them focus and give them a little pick-me-up like a cup of coffee through the day. And then even less explored are mood modulation strains or uh, ment the, the mental effect that we're having. Uh, yeah. So there is a lot to explore here and what we're trying to do is be um, a resource for our patients so that they can explore it safely and effectively. And figure out exactly how to get to the root cause of what's ailing them, really. And yes. let's talk a little bit about that because, again, you're talking about all these different strains. I mean, this is so scientific and so patient-focused. Again, based on that particular person, what's what the issue is that they're having. What have you seen with this? I mean, mm -hmm. what have you seen the outcomes with different patients with different medical conditions i mean talk to us about how this has helped some of those i i am i was a believer before we opened our dispensary and i'm still staggered by the results that we're seeing so to put it simply what we're seeing is people are moving better eating better sleeping better and they feel better eating better eating better yes how so, so when you i mean just when you feel better you, you have appetite stimulation right so a lot of the times why the the first reason medical marijuana came about was for cancer patients going under chemo as an anti-nausea type of med right gotcha. so and then you hear you know you hear the recreational end of it the munchies <laughs> right? You've heard of that before. Yes. So really medically, that means appetite stimulation. And in cases such as cachexia, which is a wasting syndrome, or HIV patients, or cancer patients who are having trouble with their appetite and are not getting the nutrients in they need, this actually helps them wow. eat better. So it, that's, a, that's a common concern in healthcare. Anyway, yes. Right? Yes. So, and, and it's been used that way almost initially, solely, was only used as an anti-nausea med. So. Yeah. That's where it's coming from. So eating better in that regard, they're gathering their strength. So they're moving. And then moving better is acting as an anti-inflammatory. It's helping with joint pain, helping with neuropathy. So diabetic foot neuropathy. Yes. So that's moving better. And then sleeping better, it's helping people just quiet their thoughts at night, relax. And it also has some sedation on the back end so that it really helps you get to sleep. So what are some of the common conditions yeah. that it's used for? You just mentioned neuropathy, sure. T1D, um, PTSD. What else are you seeing that this has had a positive effect sure, in treating? Sure. So our top three conditions on our patient population are is chronic pain, uh, PTSD, uh, cancer, and neuropathy. So wow. those are probably the top four. Uh, and then we also do have uh, pediatric patients, uh, Down syndrome, autism, and where we're going there is more of a mood modulation and, and symptom relief. And almost any condition we're treating, we're treating symptom. Right. Yeah. So that and that's and it's an important note to make because we don't want to overstep our bounds with the with your physician patient relationship or your current healthcare relationships. We want to be part of that. We want to be integrated right. into it. Uh, and like I was saying before, is we really just fit this perfect model of chronic care management. So we're treating symptom. We're treating disease states. Where if it's if it's something like Crohn's disease, we can really affect the GI tract in an anti-inflammatory effect and actually regulate uh, a bowel movement. 
Wow. So, so that's one example. In chronic pain, really that main medicinal dr- dr- uh, drive is coming between synergy of THC and CBD. CBD is being explored now to actually limit the psychoactivity of THC. So for a lot of our beginner patients who are not used to a typical THC experience, mm-hmm. we'll pair their medication or we'll have a medication that's actually a 1 to 1 ratio, a 10 to 1 ratio, even a 21 ratio, and anywhere in between between THC and CBD. And the synergy between the two is becoming really, really medicinally significant because a lot of uh, hesitancy and a lot of misconception is that you need to get high to have medicinal benefit, Mm -hmm. and that is not true. You can use this to a point where you're alleviating symptom but not feeling that psychoactivity. And to help buffer that, you institute CBD into the mix, and it really will curb the psychoactivity with still having medicinal benefit. Wow. And there's a whole fleet of cannabinoids that we still are exploring. Um, so it's we're just starting. I keep saying wow through this whole thing. I think <laughs> I said wow like 25 times, but it's so fascinating. Um, just to kind of bring it home, you know, you said you were, you were a believer before you started yeah. this business. Why? We had several family members where we can see that um, uh, we could see that their their life would have been improved with mm-hmm. this in their healthcare regimen. Uh, one just off the top of my head was my grandfather in a palliative approach and end life care. He did uh, pass away from lung cancer. Um, we were using opiates to help ease his pain at the end of his life, and I we were not able to use cannabis for him. He was not uh, on board with it. And I think he did suffer a little bit more than he had to because of that. So that's one personal reason. Another big reason for my family is Joan, who is our COO. She also founded a non-for-profit organization called At Ease. And it is for a rare, rare neurodegenerative disorder where um, actually two of our cousins were affected by that. It's, um, it affects children and it's, a, it's called ataxia telectantasia. And it, it affects them on a whole spectrum of disorders it actually deteriorates their genetic material and their systems start breaking down from there so they have autoimmune disease they have cancers they have neurodegenerative disorders they have muscle dystrophy they develop cancers this is personal yes very personal yes so with her work there she came across a lot of orphan disease states that uh would benefit from cannabis wow now where do you see this going um we are actually fortunate enough to talk to uh, the two major hospital systems around uh, the Lehigh Valley, mm-hmm. and we are changing minds, which is really comforting. I think we're still in the infancy of the program. I think there still needs to be research done, mm-hmm. and we want to play a part there. What we can do here at the dispensary is quantify the patient experience, and we encourage our patients to keep patient diaries on such things as uh, number of inhales, length of inhale. Uh, onset, duration, alleviation of symptom. So we want to quantify these things and pair them with the uh, strains and modalities that are working best for our patients. Uh, so I think furthering the field in data collection and research is a big part, and then also just education for the community yeah. and the patient population. And you had told me earlier there's about 40,000 people right now that are under care. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the state. Yes, it's, and that's in the first six months of a program, that is staggering. It's really staggering. Yeah. I almost fell over, but you said 60,000. Yeah. 60,000 so people are registered. 60,000 registered and plan on becoming patients, and there's 40,000 already, or close to 40,000, or we're nearing 40,000 within uh, 
with cards in hand. So wow. certified. It's it's just amazing. And Victor, I can't thank you enough for sitting down with us, for inviting me into your facility, your membership, and your commitment to a care model that really does ensure safety, quality of life, and one that works with the state to ensure compliancy. Because I think that's probably one of the, you know, areas where everyone's like, oh, how are we going to stay compliant? Well, obviously, you're staying extremely compliant. And um, again, talking about that vetting process. But for more information on Keystone Canna Remedies, visit KeystoneCannaRemedies.com. That's KeystoneCanna, C-A-N-N-A, Remedies.com. Thank you, Victor. And thanks, everyone, for listening. You've been listening to the All Business Podcast from the Pennsylvania Chamber. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to check out more about us and our members on our website at pachamber.org. We'll see you next time. This program is produced by the Pennsylvania Chamber in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, USA. Copyright 2018.